0: Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. We
1: are on location in New York, but before I get to that, I want to welcome, obviously, the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today?
2: Doing great, bro. I'm
1: excited about this show, man. Talking about the word. Amen. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Word, but I want to give people a little insight. Maybe, Joe, you could talk a little bit about the family that we're with and some of the people and some of the things we're going to be doing over the next few days, because we're going to actually get some of the audience here involved as well in some of the shows that we're going to be doing earlier in the week for them.
2: Yeah, we're with the uh, Von I family, and we're in their barn (laughs) where they hold the uh, live stream uh, fellowship time, and it's just uh, been such a blessing. You know, it's... uh, a lot of joy. So we're we're cutting up with the Von Ice and stuff, and, and and their extended family, and just how they they love the Lord, they feel the Lord, and it's just so so like-minded, you know. So uh, we're just having a great time with them, and uh, they welcomed us with uh, part of their extended family. Uh, uh, yesterday we had just a great time with them, and now we're at their house, and we're excited because uh, we, we you know it's neat to come to. We haven't already met them; they came visit us before, so we're meeting more of their them and their extended family and the the extended live stream groups that are there's a few live stream groups here in new york and we'll all be getting together saturday for a conference so we'll be doing uh chat will be opening up we'll be talking about the canon scripture which by the time you get this that'll probably have had happened you know so uh but this is going to be you know more personal with you guys and we're also going to be doing uh something on that you guys will get a couple weeks later as we do it with you more personally in this kind of setting on enneagrams in a disc and those things that are popularly infiltrating the church, which have demonic origins. They're just taking the churches by storm in the last decade and a half or so. So we'll be getting into that. But we're really excited. We'll also be doing some Marvel stuff. The, the Kind of the climax of that whole series, will be uh, looking at uh, Marvel in D.C. And please be aware of what the writers are writing and how they're manipulating and conditioning the world and much of the church uh, in a very diabolical way that we have incredible proof and evidence from quotations and everything else. We'll get into that on Saturday night. So we're excited because uh, with uh, Mauricio and... And, and Sam's group uh, with the Von Eif group. And they've all started together and everybody coming together just to rejoice in Jesus and, and have a great time together. So I'm really, it's just been, uh, it blesses my heart because we hear over and over again just the wonderful things that God is doing. And of course, there's always challenges as there w- was in the early church and you grow together and so forth with it, our individual lives, with groups, with churches. But it's beautiful to see the hurdles that people get over and the growth that you see and the love for Jesus one another the other that in sanctification so we just praise, praise the Lord for just all the beautiful things that happened. But it's heartbreaking also because you also see uh, a sense of desperation for truth these days. Because yeah. as we continue, even today, as I was meeting several different, a, a few different people today, because I met several yesterday, uh, the same story. Wow, you know, we praise God for what you guys are doing because it's so hard to get the word. It's hard, so hard to find pastors out here. And, and it's wherever we go, the Bible Belt, over and over again in the Bible Belt, here, up, here in New York, you know. And... I said to him, I said, well, yeah, I'm just the messenger bringing the word. There's so much in the word. I I still, it's almost incomprehensible unless you understand that this is prophesied, that the enemy is very, very real, that there's a lot of people that want to have their ears tickled. But I said, you know, to me, it would be a lot harder to do what these false teachers are doing because I praise God. I just get to go to God's word and just share his truth. It's not that difficult. It's not rocket science. You know, you go to his word and I go, man, I think it'd be a lot of work just to do your own thing. On a Sunday morning or, or midweek i 'd never even be tempted to do that because I fear and love the Lord and want to project His word, but what a whole lot of work people are going through to make a bunch of garbage, and in the midst of it, people are being led astray and' they're not getting god 's truth so i 'm excited to segue back to Chad because we we'll 're going to be talking about god 's truth and his word and how important it is to be in the Word of God amen
1: one of the things as Joe had already mentioned when it comes to getting together with these families. And one of the cool things is meeting so many. We've gone not only to Texas, but now we have a bunch of people in Idaho. We have some people in Florida. We have people really all over. And New York was another one that we wanted to visit. Now we have Costa Rica, Ensenada, Mexico. So we really are getting out there and getting the word out there. And, and praise God, we're able to, because of a lot of the things of teaming up With different families and so forth that just said, hey, I I love that you guys get in the word and that you dig into the, the word of God, because that is the most important thing. And I know Joe and I had talked about this specifically, even on the last live show we did before we left, just making sure that everything is grounded in the word of God. And that's been... As for me, being discipled by Joe, coming to coming to faith after watching they sold the social rock and roll, and then going to the church and being discipled and realizing the dedication to the Word of God, one of the reasons I wanted to dig into it was, okay, well, why is everything about the Scripture? Why do we always go back to the Scripture? Why isn't it simply, you know, I can get some great philosophical nuggets from this person, or I can get some really good historical documentation from this person, and these are really just ideas, and one of the things, even though we talk about it um, here and there in terms of what somebody believes, but I really do think the difference between adhering to the scriptures and trusting what the Word of God says is different than what we would call the mere Christianity movement, which is this idea that, well, as long as you believe these core essentials, which you do believe in essential Christianity... But it's almost like the word of God. Yeah, that's cool, too. But as long as you believe the resurrection and uh, then you're okay with me.
2: Yeah, I I encountered a gal uh, years ago that was in the fellowship and became a member. And she was concerned about a couple of her friends that were part of a fellowship. And they had reduced the their their statement of faith, which I found on the phone call to, uh, you know, if you read online, you think, oh, they seem orthodox, you know, Uh, but. As a, she was concerned because the pastor believed some really strange things and she said could you talk to the pastor and find out what they believe because these are dear friends of mine and I'm really concerned they're in a, a, a bad place you know but she just had more of a gut thing and I was like I knew that he's, it was you know the denomination was had become very liberal so I was like yeah they're you know they probably are but I'm not you know so I, I called him up I talked to him and uh he said, well you know we, we we you know we had this talk and he's like well I believe you know we believe that as long as you believe Jesus Christ is Lord you can be you're a member of this fellowship so they reduced it to Jesus believing Jesus Lord uh, which sounds good that you know you have to believe Jesus is Lord you have to have at least that right but uh, but then when he began to explicate their beliefs uh, that they believe it's okay to uh, you know gay marriage and so forth and and I said, well, would you, I pressed him on some of the issues, I go, so would you allow a, uh, and that was just before, that was before gay marriage was, was legal, so I shouldn't, he sh- was, the conversation was more along, we believe it's okay with having gay couples here and so forth, and that they could be members and so forth. And I said, would you let a gay couple teach one of your classes, or are you doing that? And, and then he kind of got silenced there, and he wouldn't answer the question. And he, Then he says, well, probably not. Well, then I'm thinking, well, probably not. Why not? If they're members of the church in good standing and you can, you, you're affirming a, a homosexual lifestyle, which is so contrary to Romans chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, Jude, you know, uh, so much of the New Testament and Jesus uh, teaching on marriage, which we're going back to the authority of Christ and, this, and what we're talking about here. And then as we began to talk, I said, what about abortion? What's your view on abortion? And his viewpoint was that uh, he didn't want to say whether he felt it was okay or not. But he said I'd never tell somebody that not to get an abortion because if they did, they'd feel guilty. Huh. And I thought, wow, you know, what a what you know what a ridiculous position, like saying yeah, don't keep, commit. I don't want to say don't commit murder because this guy's tempted to kill his wife because he might feel guilty afterwards after he does it. It was just, but the point was, I was like, wow, these re, re, which it sparked my remembers that Chad when you said they're reducing, uh, you know, what they call Christianity to you know a few doctrines. In this case, it was to one doctrine, which sounds great. You have to believe that Jesus is Lord, but that was it. As long as you can say Jesus is Lord, you you know, you know can basically believe anything. And that's where we're at in a lot of the church today. Yeah, And and, and by the way, Jesus no, is yeah. not Lord. Jesus is not Lord, even though you're saying He's Lord, if you're not obeying <laughs> you Him in all these other areas.
1: Yeah, no, uh, 100%. And And we'll talk about that specifically when we talk about what we're going to be talking about in terms of the word of God is what was Jesus's view on the authority of Scripture? What was Jesus's view on that? Because if you're saying Jesus is Lord, but then it's merely lip service when you do not esteem the word of God in the same way that Jesus does. And what I want to talk about a little bit and this I think it will make for more of an open discussion with Joe because he knows a lot of the scriptures. Obviously, they're on my heart in terms of this topic that I want to discuss, and this will be totally different than the presentation I'll give to the guys, but the fact is, is you may hear things, and these are popular statements that you may hear, uh, maybe even at Bible studies, and you may hear them, and you might be surprised about some of the people I bring up, because when we talk about even the doctrine of sola scriptura, a lot of people will attach that to Luther, but when you find out his view on canon, which we'll talk about in the show, mm. you might go, whoa, that's a little strange, uh, uh. and and I want you to hear that. but. This is something, and, and like I said, it'll be more, a little more open, and, and we're, we, it's cool because we can ad-lib this episode a little bit for you guys because we're out on location, we're doing a bunch of teachings, and it's like, well, we get to talk about the Word of God. What else is there to talk about? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, I, I remember this happened with Beth Moore, but it's something I see all the time, and you may hear the term red-letter Christians and so forth, but people will say, you shouldn't be taking the Word of Paul— In the same level of the word of jesus you know in the gospels and so forth we have jesus in these red letters as if these are the words of jesus and paul is just the words of paul and it's just slightly ordained by god and and that i mean just from a a purely surface standard uh if we were talking about who actually wrote it outside of as we're certainly going to get into second peter Uh, chapter one, concerning who actually wrote those words. But just as a purely, uh, you know, looking at it as the actual man that God used to write it, we're talking about looking at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John writing down what Jesus said. And I think this gives us a good epistemology. So a source for our knowledge, a source for where we come back to, because I think that statement alone, Joe, is one that automatically assumes something. Yeah. Um, That is wrong. So this is one of the things we talk about is make sure we have right thinking about the word of God. I believe this is part of rightly dividing the word of truth, because you have to have right thinking and understanding where you go back to for your knowledge. Because if I thought that, well, you know what, I should put more more weight here uh, outside of the words of Paul. But then I'm remembering, well, who wrote down those words of Jesus? And if I was doing it just from a fleshly uh, you know, merely non-biblical you know biblical authority movement, those would actually be the words of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point, especially when you have Paul himself talking about letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. There's times where he refers to Christ's teachings in 1 Thessalonians 4. He talks about uh, the Lord's teaching on his, his return. Uh, in Timothy, Paul talks about, uh, you know, not muzzling the ox and the a workers worthy of his wages. Quote, and he calls it scripture, right? Which so he's quoting Jesus himself, not just the apostles with the gospel accounts, the synoptics and the gospel of John. But Jesus is quoting the word of God. Or I should say Paul is quoting Jesus at times, or I should say, referring to Jesus, definitely quoting him when he talks about the uh, workers worthy of his wages. Uh but then when you look at Paul's own writings, he talks about things, the words what I'm communicating to you, the commandments I'm giving to you, are from the Lord, you know? And then in first Corinthians 14, toward the end of that chapter, that bro, he goes You know, he gives them, you know, delineates on how they're misusing the gifts and how they're used properly. And he gives them a structure. And he's not referring to any of Jesus' words at this point. And he says, he basically tells them that what I'm giving to you is from the Lord. And if you ignore what I'm giving to you, the Lord will ignore you. And I love that because it's so powerful regarding, man, you better be circumspect regarding what he says about the gifts of the spirit, not to forbid them, but also not to misuse them. And if you do kind of do your own thing, which so many of those in the, for instance, the Ready Movement, you know, Bethel and so forth, they, they go, they depart from scripture and they act like they're really getting close to the Lord and the Holy Spirit. When it says if you ignore these teachings by Paul, you'll be ignored by him. So uh, what's interesting to me is I'm, I'm fascinated by what, for years, I was a newer Christian when I saw, when I really honed in on what Paul said there because I was like, man, there's people in trouble on both sides with regard to the gifts. But he's basically letting us know, not only the words he's writing to us are from the Lord, and he, and that's more than once in Corinthians, he also is letting us know there that the Lord is going to judge you on the basis one way or another as to how you respond to his teaching through Paul. So that's heavy because the Lord is actually saying, yeah, Paul, and the Lord Jesus said, you know, the Holy Spirit would lead you into all truth. And there's different applications, of course, of, of how that, 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 but we understand that from the apostolic viewpoint, the biblical viewpoint, is that he'd be bringing to remembrance what he, what he said to them, that they would write down uh, what he said to them, so it would be accurate. And by the way, uh, a commentary, I think, I have a, a really neat commentary on the uh, Gospel of, of, of John by Keener, and he makes a really neat point I was looking at a few weeks ago. I thought, oh, it's, that, it, it just it goes some into some of the background of the Jews at that time, and how we underestimate how much, how much, uh, the, the you know the rabbis' words were memorized and the scripture was memorized by uh students or rabbis but he's talking but he's talking in this context of those who are following jesus they believe he's the messiah that they probably had memorized so many things they'd said before they ever even committed them to print and they valued his words in such a way but then you have these same apostles which i know we're going to get to chad a little bit later so i don't want to really get into it now till till you're ready to get into that because i but we have no notes before us i said hey what do you want what are we going to talk about here And he says i'm just going to bring up a bunch of scriptures that are just beautiful regarding uh You know the canon of scripture i said oh let's go for it but it's just so amazing when you realize that you're praise god we can go anywhere in the new testament and read contextually what the lord has said or what the apostles are saying and understand that we are reading the word of god
1: yeah no i i absolutely love that and it's really it's really cool some of the texts that you brought up right there and specifically when we talk about the apostles as well because the apostles when they would come to a place and remember it was jesus himself we have matthew you know 16 as well Jesus is the one who commissioned the apostles to be the sent out ones, and that these guys, that that God used in a mighty powerful way, these these apostles, that he really did give the keys to the kingdom, and he did use them to build the church. Amen. And he used them to build the church, and they were God's mouthpieces here on earth. When he, when they would speak, they said, we're, as he told the Thessalonians, what did he tell them? He told them that, when you came, when I came to speak to you, you heard me and the apostles for what it was. Not the words of man, but the words of God himself. And so that was expected when they came. and. When we think about the Word of God, and we'll go back to this a little bit. Um, When it comes to—we talk about canon. That's just a standard or a rule of measurement, I think, is the best way to describe it. The canon of Scripture, this is the rule and measurement by which we judge all things. And we talked about the apostles and the authority that God gave them in order to write the Scriptures, right? And in order to speak the truth— But you even think about this, and this is really, really important when we talk about canon, because I I don't want to get into a big historical discussion about that. I think that maybe we could do that on another time, because there are some really good... Yeah. uh, I mean, we could talk about the moratorium fragment. We could talk about what the early church believed, some of the things that were right, some of the things that were wrong. But one of the things in the scriptures is most important is when we talk about the Bereans, because what was even Paul and the apostles being judged by when it comes to their teaching?
2: Amen, yeah, Acts seventeen eleven, you know, and I love that for the reason you brought it up and also because Paul is, you know, the point you're making, Chad, is a, a salient, very important point, is they were submitting to uh, the Old Testament teaching uh, as to whether or not they were representatives of God or not. And in Acts seventeen eleven, it says the Bereans were considered more noble than those of Thessalonica. Why? Because they tested what Paul was saying as they search the scriptures daily, and I love that, guys. They, hey, these guys only have the Old Testament, and they're in the scripture daily. Okay, we have the, the revelation of Jesus Christ in the new covenant as well now, and we ought to be in the scripture daily. They meditate on the word. They're checking out, checking out what he said daily to see if, with, whether what he said was true or not. And I love that because Paul, he's not like, you know, hey, I got, you know. No, it's like, does the our, our teaching match up with the original article or not? And that's so contrary to what's so popular today is to where there's new prophets and, and apostles that are and they're totally trumping scripture in some ways where well, we have clear revelation and it's just wicked but yeah so that passage is just really beautiful because it's, it reminds me of act or galatians chapter one where paul says if we when an angel from heaven comes to you preach another gospel in that which we preach to you let him be accursed which chad that goes back to the uh uh, back to your point with Acts 17, because when he's saying another gospel than what we've preached, he's recognizing the gospel that they're preaching when you go to First Corinthians 15, that Paul says, I declare unto you the gospel by which we are being saved, but if we hold fast, you know, that which has been preached to us, Uh, and he says, which is Jesus died according to the The scriptures. scriptures. He was buried, he rose again according to the scriptures. So Paul understands that the gospel itself is rooted in the Old Testament teaching of the coming of the Messiah and the good news. And Jesus in Acts, it's, it's quoted in Hebrews chapter 10, in the volume of the book it is written of me, you know, Jesus understood this is all based on the scripture. The scriptures cannot be broken, as he says. So it's all rooted in the Old Testament teaching. And they, the apostles, knew you were not to deviate from the left or to the right. In fact, even when Jesus was sparring and, and, and dealing with uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and so forth, he would over and over again and say, It is written. It is written it is written and then uh they would and he'd say things you have heard it said and he'd be quoting the he's, he's quoting the, you know what the rabbis would say yeah. you know and as having no authority but then he would say but it is written or he'd say and i love this he'd say but i say unto you now that's even scriptural because moses said that god would rise up one like unto himself and you shall listen to his words. And if you don't listen to his words, judgment would come and so forth. So when Jesus is referring to scripture, there's only one authority, the one who inspired the scripture, God himself. God is going to become flesh. And that, so Jesus says two things. It is written, or he says, I say unto you, because he's a fulfillment of what is written.
1: Amen. <laughs> no, and I love it because even if I got it, if we even talked about church history, one of the things that's really interesting is we knew without it, we can know without a doubt certain things are, automatically because if we talk about the canon of scripture there are also those things that are outside of canon it's an exclusive statement in fact every single time an early church father quoted scripture he was meaning anything that wasn't that was also not scripture doesn't mean they were yeah. perfect but that's the reality that's a great point and when you think about it too you think about the, the canon of scripture you think about th- these men saying this is the word of god and these are not as soon as they differentiated as soon as they were something different that was already the Judeo-Christian belief that were different from the Old Testament, they knew without a doubt it was never part of the New Covenant. And remember, we talk about Acts 17. I think Acts 17 speaks a lot to us because you think about Acts 17, these guys wanted something new. And when we talk about Marcion...
2: Yeah, I was uh, was hoping I would say, Chad, elaborate that with the Marcionites, because (laughs) that would make your point. That's exactly what I'm going. Praise God.
1: And they wanted something new. And this is one of the first canons that we have is actually a heretics canon. Because his canon, Marcion, was somebody who said, no, Jesus is this new God. He is something new. We want to get away from this old, Old he Testament was a Gnostic, God. yeah. And so what did he do with all the Old Testament scriptures, which is the standard by which we judge. Man, I'm going ahead of myself. No, here. you're doing good, though. But this is the standard by which we judge that. He said, oh, well, these Old Covenant, these Old Testament books, all the ones, you know, whether it's the law, the prophets and the writings, All of those things, that's a different God than this Jesus. So automatically, it was not a question. You knew without a doubt that is not part of the New Testament apostolic witness of what the scriptures are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So he basically said the Old Testament's gone. He got rid of a lot of Paul, you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he got rid of, it, it, oh yeah, the Gospels. But then he got rid of a lot, you know, Luke. He in favor to a degree, but he basically cut and pasted the scripture to make his own doctrine, which is what the cults do, you know.
1: <laughs> no, it's true, and I think this is a great segue into uh, really digging into some of these texts because when we talk about the the text of scripture, the canon that we have today. I think a lot of it. And guys, I'm telling you, I've interviewed some of the guys that I think are great on this. We've done that for the Good Fight Radio Show. We, I, I've gained so much knowledge from even stuff like uh, Josh McDowell, you know, Evidence That Man's a Verdict. You find out all these manuscripts. You're like, whoa, yeah. this is crazy. You find out that if it wasn't for the Christian church, the book as we know it today would absolutely— this is not how people read. It was usually in scroll, and what we call a codex now is somewhat of a book format. And it, it's not like the Christians invented it, but without them, nobody was using it the way it does now. And now this is how we all have communicated. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, and some of the stuff, the manuscripts, uh, you know, reading Jesus in the Manuscripts by Dr. Craig Evans, interviewing him, talking about all the evidences, the Gospel of John. People should make stuff. use
2: of those interviews, man. We have the top scholars on these issues being interviewed. I mean, the top, uppermost scholars on these issues, conservative evangelical Christians. And, and those, those things are just waiting for you guys to click. And just listen a good half hour, a good hour. Yeah, good uh, hour there's time. been so many beautiful interviews along those lines. I would encourage people, you guys, to make use of those because they'll shore up your, your, like Chad's getting animated, man, because they're just great interviews of a lot of truth being poured out.
1: Yeah, amen. And not everyone's a reader. I was just talking to someone. They're like, I don't read. And Hey, guess what? Even Revelation says, blessed are those who read, read and, hear and hear, you know? <laughs> and keep. We gotta and keep, keep. It. yeah, amen. <laughs> gotta do all reading. of them. But, you know, sometimes you, people learn better by listening so that we have that accessibility. And hey, if you say, I'll pick up the book and try as I go, those are great ways to do that and learn. I learn a lot that way as well. And I'm telling you right now, the, that data, that understanding, realizing, because I believe all of those things when we talk about the evidences are the grace of God. Every single time I think Amen. about the manuscript evidence and just how weighty it is that Dr. Daniel Wallace is, which we have a planned interview with him too yeah. as well. And and I think about this and I always, the preponderance of evidence that we have for our faith, for we have in these scriptures, I'm always astounded. It's overwhelming, yeah. But one of the cool things is, when we go back to those things, it's awesome to have those, But it's also not our foundation for why we believe in the canon of scripture because i do believe when we talk about canon or scripture and understanding that this is our text we have to come at it from more than just a historical background we have to come at it from more than just hey this church said the church said this and this early church father said this and
2: get ours and here's a moratorium text check this out there's a lot of good evidences in that realm but right
1: yeah no i think the evidences are great but i think we need to start from Absolutely. what the scriptures teach and start i know that sounds circular but it's not And i want to get to why it's not circular well
2: before, before you do that let's make yeah. one quick point uh, spurgeon once said he said you know you don't have to defend a lion you just let it out of its cage and right. and i like that because you're basically going to the scripture you're letting it out of the cage what what because this is the word of god yeah so when you go to the word of god and you just and it expresses Itself. And then you have all these evidence of the prophecy fulfilled and so forth, which we will touch upon that. Uh, it's, it's, we need to start with the scripture. No, amen. Like and one said. of the
1: things we did an entire episode about believing the word of God specifically because we can believe the word of God. Because guess what? We have the prophetic nature of it. Like the fact that we can go back to the word of God and he is the one who says, how am I different than all the false gods? Yeah, he says because I can tell the end from the beginning. That's right. Nobody else can do that. We did another episode, and I love this. You know, these are great reference points for you guys to check oh, out. That's and, a more
2: recent episode too. Yeah, way. both
1: of these are, and one of them had to do with the fact that the demonic, the fact that oh, it yeah. is the only thing. This word of God that we are given is the only thing that speaks to the spiritual reality properly. Yeah. To to what's going on. It's not meeping and muttering. You know, it's not this nonsense. We get to have the word of God tell us specifically what the demonic realm is.
2: Right, you can and make sense all, of it. And
1: also the battle we have. Yeah, most people,
2: land. many, many people I'll say have had demonic experiences. They recognize that there's horrific type of experiences on a malevolent level, and they're they're trying to make heads or tails. What is this? There's something really evil. You know, the paralysis with the sense of it, a demonic entity in the room. Millions have gone through that. Uh, all these types of experiences, uh, entities speaking, uh, covers being pulled down a poltergeist-type activity, a lot of demonic-type stuff. And some will say, well, it's aliens, and, you know, they'll go back and forth. The Word of God, Chad, yeah, it gives us, a, it makes it really clear there is a spiritual word. and that's why the name of Jesus, not to re, you know, do that old other message, but the name of Jesus is so powerful I think one of the things I pointed out that, that I don't know if I brought it up there, but I've been talking about it recently and I've talked about it here and there, was a couple of the UFO guys, you know, that were, you know, with, with what is it, MUFON, M-U-F-O-N, I'm not even sure how you yes, pronounce that. Yes, you got it, MUFON. Yeah, it, MUFON guys. And I read years ago where two of these guys, and now they're out there saying, hey, this is our testimony, is they were, you know, fourth kind of, you know, uh, encounters talking to people that had been supposedly abducted from their standpoint by alien entities, you know? And... Uh, at the more they researched these guys, or these guys research families are saying, yeah, there was this common denominator, but one common denominator was, was kind of perplexing to them because they found those who got deliverance from these entities and didn't have reoccurring issues were those who cried out to the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And man, when I, when I read that, I was like, wow, that's my own experience when I was into the occult and so forth. And I was, you know, had a band I was forming called Beyonder. You know, it's like the door is beyond or what's beyond. Later, years later, there was a uh, comic character. I think it's Marvel. her is like a very, very demonic devilish, powerful character. And anyway, uh, I was wondering, well, what are these entities? Because at first it was my subconscious. Then it became, I realized, wow, I'm in touch with something that's not uh, my subconscious. I realized I'm in touch with disembodied spirits of some sort. And, but they're, they're evil. Look at my lyrics are all evil. They're channeling me and stuff. And I'm like, whoa. So I was like then i wrote, you know, wrote a song you know and i won't get into the whole thing to try to question what these things were but i was leaning toward these things are evil yeah. you know uh, i know they're evil but these things are these the biblical evil demons and the other thought was are they're alien oh no, they're not aliens man and then it's when i opened the word of god you know i prayed and cried out to god and it stopped that made all the sense in the world for me and with these mufon guys guess what they're like wait a minute. You know, they don't believe in Jesus. They're like, how come these guys get deliverance into the crowd to Jesus? And these guys both became Christians. (laughs) And they found the understanding in the God-inspired Word. So we're trying to say in that program, there's so many angles by which you can prove the Bible is the Word of God. That's one nobody (laughs) typically thinks about, you know.
0: You've been listening to the Good Fight radio show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com/goodfight or you can write to us at PO Box 2202, Simi Valley, California 93062 or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884.